Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is John Van Lunen, and you are listening to Treasures of the Outer Banks, the podcast that celebrates the people and places that make this beach special. This is episode 045, and I sat down with local award-winning DJ, John Harper. John has been an Outer Banks DJ since 1985. His career has evolved over the decades, and he currently has a show on the streaming broadcast, Radio Free Outer Banks. He also uses his skills and knowledge for weddings and writing in some of the local publications. In this episode, we talk about radio history on the Outer Banks, where the industry is presently, where it's going, and more. If you want to check out his services, you can find him online at johnharperdj.com. And if you want to listen to his show, it's at 11 a.m. on Saturdays at Radio Free Outer Banks on your streaming device. Listen in for the rest of the story. So this is a testimonial from one of John Harper's customers on his website. Her name is Mary. John was amazing! Exclamation point. From start to finish, working with John has been a pleasure. Exclamation point. When it came time for the fine details, I gave them along with the age demographic of my guests, and he killed it! Exclamation point. Everyone has told me what a great time they had. We all know a DJ makes or breaks a party, and John made our reception the party we wanted. Exclamation point. I can't recommend him enough. Exclamation point. Thanks again, John, for a wonderful night. Double exclamation point. Wow. Yeah, that's a good one. And then there was one more. And this is from a petition I found to right. reinstate John Harper as a daily DJ as and as the music director on WVOD The Sound. I edited this for brevity. His name is Neil. And it says, John is the voice of the Outer Banks, and his on-air commentary and background on the music he is playing, which is superb, makes his program, programs unique. We all listen because John is on the air. Please bring him back. And and we have him back right here. Thanks for thanks wow. for showing up, John. Wow. <laughs> hey, I'm I, blushing over here. I, I'm glad we're not, <laughs> you don't have a camera on me. I tell you, there, there's a, I, I was doing some research, and there's a lot of good things people are saying about you, so you should be proud. Um, a lot of testimonials on your website, which you should have. Uh, you've been around for a long time. I hope that's not an insult. Nope. But you've been doing a great <laughs> job as a DJ. And as a matter of fact, my, my friend uh, Daryl Law, Daryl Law works at Jeanette Spear. He's been on the beach for a long time. Right. He and I go way back. And he's, he said, make sure you ask him, uh, ask John Harper about you know, being a DJ in Richmond, because when Daryl Harper was a kid, Daryl Charlotte, Daryl Law, Law, sorry, when Daryl, when Daryl Law was a a kid in Charlottesville, he used to listen to you on your Richmond radio stations. How how long ago was that? (laughs) Uh, Well, I started radio in the seventies at, uh, in Petersburg, Virginia, WSSV. And then I was in Hopewell, Virginia for another couple of years. And then Went to New Bern, North Carolina. Was in Raleigh for a short time. Then back to Richmond in uh, the late 70s, early 80s. Mm-hmm. And worked at, uh, let's see here. That was probably when he was listening to you. Uh, yeah, I was in Charlottesville also. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, but it, I worked at 3WB in Charlottesville. And then in Richmond, I worked at w, uh, XL 102, Easy 104, Light 98, and WGOE. So. Nice. You know, and I'm digressing a little bit, but I had an English teacher in high school. She taught me a word, mellifluous. And your voice is <laughs> mellifluous. <laughs> well, it, it's an interesting thing. If it's your own voice, you don't think much about it. But, you know, the town manager of uh, 
Manio, the former town manager, said, if you decide to rob a bank, don't talk. <laughs> Hand them a note. They'll pick you up out. in about a minute and a half. <laughs> They'll be picking you up down the street. Mm -hmm. That's great. So, so you come to the Outer Banks around 1985? 85, January now, 3rd. Now, this place must have been a ghost town. It was. What, what drove you to come here? Well, I worked here in 81 and 82 at WOBR AM. It was just a summer job because it was a daylight station. And uh, went back to Richmond and worked in radio up there. Got married. And um, the... They changed formats on the FM, W-O-B-R-F-M, Beach 95, we called it. And the general manager asked me if I'd come back as the program director. So he offered you a little promotion to come back? He did, yep. So I moved in, like I say, January 3rd, 1985. And uh, here I am. crickets in January. <laughs> it, yes, I remember calling my then wife Patricia and saying, I'm not sure I'm going to make it. I said, There's nobody here. It's cold. You know, I'm, it's, I'm lonely and you know, all of that. But, uh, you know, I, she came down the following October. So. And just curious, did you move straight to Manio? Uh, nope. Lived in uh, Old Nags Head Cove. Wow. So that must have been real sleepy. Yeah. Um, what, what, was the, what was the radio scene like back then? Well, there were really two radio stations in, WOBR, AM, and FM. The AM signed on in 1970, the FM in 73. And there was a station called OK106, which is now Dixie 105.7. And they were based in Columbia. That's where their tower is, and they had their studio there. And then they, so there were really two FM stations here. Right. And then uh, Dickwell, 105.7. Surf 106 moved to the Outer Banks. They had brought their operation here. So, and then, so we had two and one AM. That's crazy. Yep. Not, not a huge selection. <laughs> no. And then WVOD signed on in 1986. 99.3, well, then it went to 99.1. And then, uh, let's see, uh, WNHW signed on in 19. 90 that was 92.3 and then we had another station the wind 97.1 that signed on in probably 98 and then this guy named bill ray put beach 104 on the air and i think that was 93 and were you doing just about everything back then uh, at wobr fm i was i was the program director afternoon man music director did the news from time to time and were you just, did you have to slide in and just do anything at any time? Pretty much. I mean, we did, you know, it was old time community radio. We covered the elections. We did football. We did basketball. Um, and how'd you get the news back then? You just pick up a newspaper? Off of AP Teletype. Is that right? For the national stuff. Right. Local stuff. We had a great news director, Greg Clark. He won a number of awards. And at various times, we had an, a second uh, news person, Mary Ellen Riddle, uh, Debbie Williams, there were a couple of others. And they would just they'd read the Virginia Pilot, the Coastal Times, make their own phone calls, wow. rely on stringers. Wow. Yeah. And so you're still writing, you have kind of a side gig with the uh, Virginia Pilot, writing uh, entertainment assignments and stuff like that? Uh, mostly entertainment. I started with a Virginia pilot in the coast in 1994. 
And uh, I've written uh, probably 2,000 stories, I guess. Really? Mostly about music, but I've covered, well, all about entertainment. But also I've written features about nightclubs and uh, Elizabethan gardens and Jockey's Ridge history. Right. I mean, number of subjects. Right. I caught one this morning. Um, you wrote about the the old casino. That's correct. Yeah. That's that. That's still that whole thing still fascinates me. Mm -hmm. And one of my first podcast recordings with Wikey Wise. He was a kid. He kind of I don't know worked or helped out in there and it described the whole thing. He even described he was there when Chubby Checker. No, Fast Domino. Fast Domino. Domino, right. Domino right, was performing. Right. Right. And he said. African-Americans weren't allowed in the casino, so they all lined up outside to listen to Fats Domino. How crazy is that? Wow. Yeah. I hadn't heard that. Wow. Yeah. That, was, that was his recollection. He okay. Said, he said he was there. Okay. But anyway, um, yeah, that was pretty fascinating. Do you have any experiences with the casino, or you kind of came it in was, after that? I came toward the end of their life. Right. Um, so, no, but I've written about the Casino, Mexicano, Kelly's, <laughs> the Atlantis, right. uh, Soundside, Folk and Ale uh, House in Killable Hills. So I've written about a lot of the defunct nightclubs. Right. People feel a real attachment to those things. Right. There are a lot of memories attached to it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You can, I guess you can kind of describe your, your time presence to where you used to hang out. Right. <laughs> Have you, uh, has writing for the Virginia pilot given you any opportunities to meet any of these musicians or? Uh, I've talked to a number of prominent musicians on the phone and in my travels over the years, I've met a lot of rock stars, especially when I was in, in Richmond working at you know, a couple of stations. I met Crosby, Stills, and Nash in Chicago, and uh, Kenny Loggins. And when you're Mike traveling, are you traveling just to see these people? Uh, occasionally, or seeing them in concert, yeah. and then you get backstage. Right. Yeah. Right. And I go to Nashville every year. Yeah. Uh, for a songwriters festival, I've been doing that for about 25 years. So I've met a lot of, a lot of major musicians there. Nice. Yeah. Are you just are you going as a, a press media uh, or I, I did the first couple of years back in ninety six and ninety seven. I wrote stories for the Virginian pilot. But after that I said, eh, I don't want to be working. I just want to be a music fan. Right. So So you just mingle and I just mingle. Nice. Yep. Um jumping around a little bit, you post a handwritten playlist, I guess, every day before you Go on the air? Is this well? That's that's the I'm on Radio Free Outer Banks. That's just for Radio Free Outer right. Banks. Thing. I know you had Greg Spurdell in, who started the station back in 2020, and I'm very honored that he asked me to be part of it because nice. I had just been furloughed at another station. We'll talk about that. But <laughs> uh, Greg and I worked together at WOBR FM back in the 80s. Right. When uh, and just to catch the listener up. Um, we just had Greg Smirtle on in the previous episode, Smirtle, and yeah. he's talking about his uh, streaming radio station right. called uh, Outer Radio Free, radio Free Outer, Outer Banks. Banks. I com. across that. Right. Yep. So you can still listen to John Harper on the streaming uh, on the streaming station on your computer or Spotify at Radio Free Outer Banks, and you have a show. What's the name of the show? Flashback at eleven. It's every Saturday morning. I pick a year and play. 
usually about a dozen songs from that year. Try to mix it up, make it a representative, uh, you know, representative of the year in music. Right. You know, some alternative rock, pop, rhythm and blues. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's on every Saturday at 11. So after I do the show, I post my playlist. Right. Yeah. And uh, that's, you pre-record that, then they post it online. I do. Yep. Nice. Um, and so now you're really busy with your DJ. I guess it's kind of opened up your DJ operation even more so. Uh, yeah. I mean, as we were a bit before we went on the air here, uh, I think I told you I've done about probably 1,400 weddings in my career, maybe wow. 1,200 down here. I did weddings in Richmond. Um, so I, I don't do as many as I once did. Um, I used to do. 60 to 70 a year now I try to get 15 to 20 and by doing that I can be more selective make sure I'm the right person for the job that's why I probably got you know I mean I work hard at this I've made it a craft I'm conscientious all of those but you know if I'm if if it's a good match between the bride and groom and me then it's more likely to be a successful event which is what has happened right well, it sounds like you've ha- you've got a lot of positive uh, feedback. So it sounds like it's sounds like it's going really well for you. John, yeah, JohnHarperDJ.com is my website. Thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, I mean, I'm it's not to be boastful, but I've won the Wedding Wire uh, Couples Choice Award seventeen years in a row. That's a national thing. I've also won the Knots, which is a national website and magazine. I've won their whatever they call their award several times and obx today runs the best of the beach contest every year i've won that five years in a row so so that kind of uh pops a question in my head and that is you've probably seen the wedding industry just explode here in the last 30 years indeed (laughs) when we started the wedding association back in the i guess early 90s I think we had 26 members, <laughs> yeah. it, and and we had a, a a wedding show at the Comfort Inn South upstairs. We had about 50 people come through there, but they were all locals. Right. And yeah. then in about sometime maybe mid 90s, out of towners discovered the Outer Banks was a great place to get married. Right. So we, the Outer Banks Wedding Association, started marketing, you know, in other places, and we were probably in the top two or three. Wedding destinations there for several years. Wow, yeah, it's huge. I, I even went to the expo, I don't know, about three or four years ago, just out of curiosity, really. Right. You know, I was trying to look for maybe my next business, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just loaded with people. The, the gym is loaded with vendors, right. and, and, the, right. and the cafeteria is loaded with vendors, and there's mm-hmm. vendors all over the hallways. Yep. And it's it's quite the expo is quite an impressive event for the Outer Banks. It is. And um, and a lot of kids, a lot of, not kids, but a lot of people come down and check it out from out of town. So um, good for all of you people that have uh, been able to take advantage of that. And um, it is a great place to get married. Um, there's a lot of great resources here. Right. Records. Uh, do, do you still own any records? Albums? Yeah. Uh, a few. I don't have a turntable anymore. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I have probably... 2000 wow. CDs. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. And what do you, just out of curiosity, what are you taking to uh, weddings? Is it 
on a thumb drive on a computer or a... it's a it's a, I have two laptops well I use one one's a backup and I have a program called OTS which is a DJ program developed in Australia so you can you know you can build playlist you can it has a search bar you can put an artist in there a song in there and then you you know then the one song will segue into another song so it's a smooth transition nice I sometimes do it manually, but it'll do it by itself. Nice. So. Okay. Um, do do musicians ever come to the Outer Banks to visit? I mean, have you seen a lot of people come this come down here, or or are we just talking about musicians that um, are showing up to perform in small venues? You mean musicians just visiting the Outer Banks? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure we always know they're here. Right. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, probably the most famous was Dave Grohl from Foo Fighters, used to have a house in Kerala. I think somebody told me that, yeah. And he used to hang out at Mexicano in Kildable Hills. Is that right? <laughs> uh-huh. And various people have been here over the years. Jimmy Buffett was here. Yeah, I do recall uh, seeing that, yeah. Um, yeah. But I think the rumor was Taylor Swift, before she even got, you know, got this big. Used to vacation here. Is that right? That's mm-hmm. fun. Bruce Springsteen's been here. I, I actually met him when he came down here. Yeah. yeah. He At a wedding? Some jet skis. He oh, okay. some jet skis for me. Okay. He was here for a wedding. Yeah, And you know what? I, I was talking to a neighbor and we were kind of triangulating things. And she said, yeah, that was probably the time he was here for my friend's wedding. So, right. Um, yeah, yeah, it was at Swan Cove and Duck. Is that right? You know, which is now what? Uh, it's, a, it's another venue now. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But actually, he was a customer at Duck uh, mm-hmm. at the uh, Sunset Grill, which back then was the Bear right. Island Inn. Right. I was just renting jet skis down there. He oh, came yeah, down yeah. And grabbed a bunch of jet skis. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. very awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so it sounds like you've been evolving yourself on the Outer Banks. I mean, well, most of, people down here have to kind of piecemeal. Uh, <laughs> you know. I was, that was kind of what I was leading up to. We all kind of, but, but you seem to have kept your same little. Uh, side hustle so to speak i mean you uh or i should say skill set you've used the same skill set just different avenues in different ways um has that been difficult or easy i mean well you know it's i don't know if you're familiar with a book called outliers it's malcolm uh, gladwell wrote it and what he talks about in the book is is like the beatles people think they just ten thousand hours yeah right right. they just sort of happen when they had put in ten thousand hours or more in those seedy nightclubs in london liverpool Hamburg, Germany. So I felt like when when the wedding uh, industry, you know, the wedding business happened here or exploded here, I was ready. Right. You know, so it was, it, you know, weddings are... Uh, and did you see that coming a mile away? No. Or was it like, hey, wait, I got to get on this train before it leaves? Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I was doing maybe 10 weddings a year back in the mid-80s, but they were all locals. So I had some word of mouth, and I was on radio, commercial radio back then. So, so that was an of, easy sell. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the radio thing that's going on right now. Um, unfortunately, I've seen you and a couple other local DJs, you know, lose their jobs. Um, and I know that some of it's, you know, management makes makes decisions. Uh, is, is radio dying? I mean, are we just all falling back onto Spotify and streaming and stuff like that? Well, there's certainly more competition these days, I'll say right. that. 
But the commercial stations that are successful, you know, East Carolina Radio, which owns, I don't even know how many stations, seven, nine, down here, uh, they've managed to be successful by staying local. I mean, Rick Lesh, who has been in business for over three decades, he keeps them local. They're all employees that live here. Um, there's been th- at least three radio groups here that have come from, you know, other places, bought local stations and not having a clue about the Outer Banks and not willing to listen to the folks that may know something about the market. So that's that's made it, you know, one of the companies I work for down here, Jam Media, is now in Chapter 7 bankruptcy. It was a perfect example. They came in, ignored the advice of folks that have worked in the market for three decades or more, and, you know, just decided they knew everything. And now, there they are. <laughs> Up for auction. Up for auction. Yep. <laughs> Could be yours. <laughs> <laughs> Careful what you wish for. Well, I mean, people have, people have asked me about that. Would I want to own a radio station or get a group together to, you know, buy a radio station? I, I don't know. I don't know. Do you miss uh, real yeah, radio? Absolutely, yeah. every day. I wanted it's what I wanted to do since I was twelve. Um, my uncle was a radio DJ. My grandfather did some on-air stuff. And uh, when I was a teenager, we built a little radio station in my parents' uh, little uh, tool shed. Yeah. And we would broadcast every night for a couple of hours. We had a little <laughs> transmitter. We could broadcast for about four blocks. That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. The FCC probably has a file on me somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Up in the post office. Uh, yeah, funny. there he is. There was, a, there was a movie just like that, but it was TV. It was uh, Wayne's World, wasn't it? <laughs> right. Well, we, were, we were pirate radio before there was such a thing. Oh, right, right. right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess, you know, whenever I try to record an episode without a guest, it I, I never feel like I have any energy and it's just me talking out loud. And I, I guess it's probably similar to you doing a radio, your own radio show that's not live and you're recording it for the streaming station. Is, that, there's just, there's never that two-way. Right. I mean, it's the the... Beauty of radio, commercial radio, in its prime was immediacy. You had a DJ in a booth talking, you know, live. And, you know, he could, he had his own, uh, he could pick up on the vibes of the music and you could sort of sense that, uh, he or she. And uh, that's gone. There's a lot of what they call voice tracking. People are not even in the studio. Right. Uh, and I think that's, t- that's, that's hurt radio. Commercial radio. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I miss that day-to-day. I love curating playlists. You know, that's one of my... Did you ever have to take orders from corporate about what to play? Uh, Or management? Not... I mean, I have. Not here. They, you know, I had a general manager at WOBR, uh, 95.3, guy named Pat Cahill, and he had confidence in me, so he rarely said anything. And Mike Smith, who was the general manager of the four stations here that were owned by Max Media, he didn't, he, for a while, he kept his eye on me or ear on me, I guess. Yeah. But then he said, you know, yeah, I, I, I trust you. 
Right. It isn't, isn't that for the larger corporate radio stations, oh, yeah. isn't that pretty normal? It's like, oh, yeah. this is the list and you're right. playing it. Oh, yeah. Like all the iHeart stations, probably a thousand, have the same playlist, market to market to market. Is that right? And I think that's unfortunate. That's You were asking me about radio dying. I, I don't think that's helped. Right. Again, as we talked about, being um, tapped into the community, uh, you know, I mean, I've talked to thousands of people about music over the last 39 years as a radio guy, as a wedding DJ, as a music writer for the Virginia Pilot, or just generally, day-to-day, -day, people talk to me about music. So when this company bought the commercial stations here, um, they had a consultant from Iowa who had been on the Outer Banks for three days, and somehow he knew more than I did. Right. And I said, how is that possible? You are a quick learner. <laughs> right. You know, you're going to look a lot smarter if you listen to the other folks in the building that have been here. And, you know, but anyway, there we are. And here we chapter are. seven. Yeah. <laughs> All the way to chapter seven. Mm -hmm. if, if somebody said they wanted to get into radio, what kind of advice would you give them? Uh, don't expect to make a lot of money and, you know, and don't expect any security. Wow. Or, you know, and probably no retirement or pension. Really? Uh, no, 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 no. They give you no benefits. Well, while you're working there, you might get, you know, health insurance, excuse me, and vacation, but there's no, I've never worked at a station that had a pension plan. Right. And I've worked at dozen stations, I guess. Wow. I guess, is that because they just feel most of you are replaceable? For the most part. Right. And it's, you know, it's a subjective business. So, right. you know, you could be... Day to day. Well, you could be popular and then a new program director comes in. He doesn't like the way you sound. Right. You're out of there. Right. Um, that happens all the time. Or a consultant, you know. Mm. <laughs> right. Um any 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 stories you want to share? Anything interesting? Uh, well, I mean, again, I feel fortunate that I've been able to make a living on radio and doing uh, weddings and writing for a newspaper. Um, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't change anything. It's. I think it's what I was meant to do. Sure. So whenever you have that chance, you should be thankful. Right. Well, you got the voice for it. <laughs> The website is johnharperdj.com. Dot com, right. And you can go there and uh, get some more information or maybe uh, uh, give them a shout out to uh, to get a bid for a wedding or anything like that. Any special events. Um, do you do anything else oh, besides yeah. the wedding? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done, you name, I mean, I've done class reunions, New Year's Eve parties, Christmas parties, birthday parties, family reunions, uh, you know... Uh, Charity events. Nice. So, uh, yeah. Nice. Any any projects coming up you want to talk about? Uh, let's see. I'm writing a couple of stories for Outer Banks Magazine. Okay. I had three in the last edition. One about the Atlantis nightclub okay. that we talked about. And one about the downtown Manio music scene. Man, yeah. The Pioneer <laughs> Theater is rocking. Yeah. Have you been in? I have not been inside it, but it, it looks great from all the uh, social media posts that they put up, and, and it seems like they got something going on every week. Yeah, I really am uh, really uh, proud.
proud of Michael Bassnight is running the thing. He's 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 brought in comedy and music and movies and put football games on the big screen. Nice. Uh, do, do you uh, do you visit there often? I do. I nice. live about a couple of hundred feet from there. <laughs> Are you, I mean, is it just your nature to go see live music every chance you get, pretty much? Uh, not as much as I once did, but yeah, I okay. still go to a fair number of concerts. I saw Graham Nash in Charlottesville back in November. Nice. Uh, but I've probably been to, I don't know, 500, no, probably more than that. I was going to say 500 concerts, but it's probably more than that. Right. But I've seen most of the biggies. Nice. Stones, McCartney. My sister just shared with me that uh, Jim Croce's son. Yeah, AJ. Is, is doing a concert in Raleigh-ish, uh, like at the end of the month. Unfortunately, it's on a Wednesday night, and I just can't sneak out of here on a weekday, but that would be really cool. He played here. Did he really? He did. How the Outer Banks Forum. Mm-hmm. How, how, how long ago was that? 10 years, 15 okay. years. Was it? Was it... Really good? I, I was in Nashville, unfortunately. Okay. <laughs> but uh, it was at First Flight High School. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Do you, do you have a favorite venue on the beach? Uh, not, well, like I say, though, the, the Pioneer Theater I like yeah. a lot. And uh, Festival Park. Yeah, very cool outdoor I mean, yeah. venue, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a perfect setting. I mean, you're on an island. Yeah. Uh, surrounded by the trees. Surrounded by the trees. And the water. Very right. cool. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, nice. John, thanks for taking the time to sit down with me. I greatly appreciate it. Absolutely. It was my pleasure, John. Mel Torme was called the Velvet Fog because of his smooth, mellow voice. Since Torme is no longer with us, I recommend we recycle that nickname for John Harper. Somebody please get a petition started. Big thanks to John Harper for sitting down with me. It was an honor to get to know him. Another reminder, if you want to check out his services, you can find him online at johnharperdj.com. And if you want to listen to his flashback show, it's at 11 a.m. on Saturdays at Radio Free Outer Banks, wherever you listen to streaming music. Don't forget, be sure to check out my website, treasuresoftheouterbanks.com, and sign up for the weekly email so we can stay in touch. I promise I won't be annoying. Also, while you're on the website, be sure to check out the merchandise page because I have some new t-shirt designs I think are pretty cool. Just click on an image and drill down to the full catalog. I particularly like the Vandalay Industries design I just came up with. I'll be back in two weeks with another episode, and until that time, make it a good one.